are there questions that you are consistently being asked? Uh, and then make sure that you tell the marketers in your company, look, people are coming to me with this question all the time. Can we make some content that like kind of preempts this question up front? Hello and welcome back to another episode of Leads to Growth. Uh, I'm your host, Chris McCoy. We're with the National Association of Sales Professionals. And today we've got someone from the other side of the pond over here with us. Uh, and also a, uh, a second time new daddy here. So congratulations. We've got <laughs> Stefan Hedebrandt from dreamdata.io, co-founder of. Uh, how are you doing today, yeah. Stefan? I'm doing good, Chris. And, uh, and thank you so much for, for the invite. Um, the second child around here is a little bit more easy sleeping than the first one. So we're actually doing quite okay so far. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. That's awesome. We'll get it in while you can. I'm sure uh, uh, great today. Who knows what happens tomorrow, right? <laughs> but uh, Fingers crossed. Exactly. So for, for all you don't know, Stefan, uh, Stefan's got a great career in, 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 in understanding SEO and blogging and all these different things. Um, and in coming from marketing perspective, um, you know, we're, we're coming from a place where advertising and marketing dollars were um, were spent and there was really no way to leverage or understand ROI. You know, it, there were billboards and magazines and TV and, and there was a lot of guesswork when it came to what, what resulted in what. And for that, for a long time, marketing was in a very unique place because it was almost like this, this industry that people couldn't measure, but it had a, had a value. And today things are so different now with the internet. Um, online, everything's trackable. Everything is, um, you know, attributed to some type of success and, and dream data, uh, which Stefan co-founded uh, co now is a, is a revenue attribution company, which focuses on for marketers this is amazing, but focused on basically allowing them to know where the revenues are coming from, what marketing campaigns, et cetera, et cetera. Stefan, am, am I, am I on track here with what y'all do? <laughs> yeah, not, not too far off, Chris. Um, today we think about ourselves as a, as a B2B go to market uh, data platform. And essentially what we're trying to do is we're trying to get any touch that touches your account along the path of, from the first touch until they sign a deal with you. We want to, map out for you, get it out of the silos that it lives within so that the, you know, the marketers gets to understand which campaigns are good. And by good, meaning that the salespeople actually like to put it into the sales pipeline and they actually win these uh, campaigns. <laughs> Vice versa, we also help the salespeople understand or like help them not be blindfolded at demo calls so they can actually go back and look at the path that, the, uh, <laughs> that this account took to this demo call. Uh, or if they're being active without actually writing to sales, you can also discover that and like adjust your messaging according to it. So all in all, we, we take all the touches that lives in several different silos, your CRMs, your marketing automation, your website, your ad platforms, et cetera, plot it into a nice clean journey of every account. And then the sales and marketing teams can, can utilize that to be more effective in their day-to-day -day work. I love that. And, and you know what? I was honestly thinking about this from the marketing perspective, but not from the salesperson's perspective and what value that is going to the call, knowing, look, all the marketing content that we put out there, we know what you clicked on. We know what we know, the exact channels. Maybe it was a specific niche in what we offer and what we do. And I can be more prepared on that sales call to present that side of the spectrum. Or Yeah, exactly. So, and then the way the way, the way dream that it works is that it basically we map 
the journey of the account all mm-hmm. the way through to the account being closed one or not. So you could say when you score goals in doing that, it means that the salespeople signed a contract with your company, you know, was the new business contract. So and we take that revenue component then and place back at all the activities that led up to winning the deal. So it's not about like coming up with new marketing metrics that sound sexy or cool. It's about we need to win more contracts. And this, this is the path that people typically takes when we win contracts. So marketers can go out and run more of those campaigns that led to those deals into the sales pipeline when you want them. But sales can also, you know, look look at what is the account doing at any given time, trying to come up with the right messaging at the right timing and so forth. Ah, that's great. Because I mean, look, look at our cold emails and our outreach, right? Oh, you got a lead in your your CRM and, and you send them just a template, right? But why not hyper focus that template? Hey, I see you clicked on XYZ or I see you're interested in mm. such and such, right? This is a great way to automate some personalization as well as we move yeah. forward in this process. What what got you into uh I mean obviously co-founding this great resource and, and, and it's almost like a dashboard hub of everything going on around all the systems. Uh, what, yeah. what, what brought you to this place, Stefan? <laughs> yeah. So in my old company, I was part of this like growth journey where we went from somewhere around 20 employees to around a hundred employees nice. and going from spending $0 on ads to spending maybe a hundred thousand dollars a month on, on ads. And we were selling to, to schools and businesses. So, mm-hmm. You know, in the when you put the first money into the ad platforms, you have kind of an idea about where does it trickle down in sure. terms of sales later on. But the last ten thousand, last twenty thousand you put in there, you're, uh, am I really spending the company's money in the right way? Mm-hmm. And for me, spending marketing money the right way meaning means producing sales pipeline. There's no other way. Like. You can do the best marketing in the world, but if the salespeople don't pick up on the leads that you've brought in, you know, what have you done? If not wasted, then there's at least not a lot of value coming out of uh, of your work. So you need to be best friends with your salespeople. Absolutely, I think uh, you know. I think sales and marketing. Uh, we have had somebody call it smarketing here on on the uh, you know on the podcast, <laughs> but it, it, it's they're so closely related, and, and even some of yeah. our. You know, like that that whole SDR role we've talked here before, how, you know, that used to be a telemarketing role, you know, now it's a mm. an SDR sales development role. And it's it's this blend where marketing and sales kind of come together. And this, yeah. what, what you're really talking about really makes that 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 inter, interchange very seamless one, but also um, it, it allows them to share information back and forth with it, which I also think is very valuable. If you switch that around, then like as a customer, you couldn't give less about whether the company you're speaking to is defining you as a marketing leader or a sales leader. <laughs> They're just experiencing one customer journey where they're trying to understand your product that maybe happens in marketing, but later on they're talking with a salesperson. But it's all the same journey that these people are on <laughs> and you want to uh, make it look like the same journey as well. Absolutely. I, I love this. So, so in this area, Stefan, uh, what areas are, what problem did you see in the market that, that really allowed you to push this through? So this, so if we talk B2B in general, there's a yes. couple of things that makes it very hard uh, for me and other marketers to explain why we're doing or, or, or what's working. Basically you want to, 
the easiest way to be successful is to know what worked in the past and then you replicate those kind of tactics. But it's not that simple in marketing in, in B2B because journeys are typically uh, more than six months. Uh, there's We put out some benchmarks showcasing that there's a, an average of 31 sessions involved in winning a deal. There's uh, more than uh, there's a couple of people involved. You know, B two B buying as a team. So mm-hmm. you have these like very you have this very complex customer journey, and that's 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 just how it is, and that's how sales are done. But that's a really big problem if you're a marketer uh, spending money on advertising because all the tools or like the advertising platforms out there uh, is intended for like understanding the behavior of an individual. So I'll give you an example. So if if Chris comes and clicks on an ad and arrives on our website. And then Chris has the boss or a colleague that takes over the kind of uh, that customer journey. Then the money you spend acquiring getting Chris to the website, it just looks like it's wasted, but it because it never converted into a deal. But then I may come a month later because Chris started the journey, then Stefan comes and signed the contract. So that, the problem is that the, the marketing activity is typically detached from the revenue component, which is when sales win deals. And that's a huge problem because that means that either you're wasting money or you're spending much less than what you could be spending driving more sales pipeline for the salespeople. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's something that we struggle with, you know, right now, you know, you've got so many different touches, so many different, you know, impressions, and, and you're not quite sure what is actually making the impression, you know, even if they're views, sometimes they're views and, you know, but you don't know what's really triggering. I think a lot of this comes from, uh, you know, going to the time to take customer, uh, you know, surveys, talking to your customers, finding out what, what they're experiencing, how they're experiencing, how they're finding things. And yeah, this, this still can take a long time. And also your customer's only going to give you their conscious recollection based on all their biases and everything else that they've think of. They're not going to tell you all the little other subconscious things that happen, the places that they saw, the links that they maybe clicked on that don't remember, or the three other pages that they passed through on the page. So (laughs) I I really like this, this concept. Um, And, and, you know, it's tough to track. And, you know, we use HubSpot uh, very often and and for our Mm. CRM and, and integrating, integrating and pulling everything to HubSpot is, is, is just an ongoing growing challenge because there's always something new, something else. How do you how do you continue to maintain? I mean, how, how do you grab all these resources and, and, and make them readable? What, what is the what is the it seems like so much data, but but I can't even imagine processing the data and, and understanding it in a usable way. How do you bring that to yeah. the table? So you can say kind of that's uh, our secret sauce or uh, ah, okay. The, yeah. the, the, no, no, I'm happy to I'm gonna explain it, don't worry. <laughs> but that's kind of the uh, that's what we what we do for our customers. We extract all the data out of all the different silos that it's within. And then we get it all of it into one data warehouse. And there we've built algorithms that then cleans it up and you know deduplicates the, the people and you know make it into a nice uh, account-based timeline and so forth, enrich it if that's needed. So that's essentially what we're doing is that you'll find a lot of software that can extract data from somewhere and then dump it into a data warehouse. But what our algorithms are doing are that they are refining it and building this uh, account-based data model. And then we have made some, uh, we have an application that contains pre-made analysis that we feel are super relevant. 
but you can also access the data warehouse that we have refined for you with your own BI tool and ask uh, questions that are specific to your uh, business. I love this. Uh, what, what what kind of success are salespeople seeing um, by using tools like this? Uh, what what, uh, what kind of feedback are you getting from sales teams uh, based on this? <laughs> so I would say there's two really core use cases, and then there's a challenge that I will just mention at the end. Awesome. So there's the one thing is uh, when you're sitting at that demo call, you can go back and look at every single URL that this account viewed, no many how many people is involved in the journey. So you get to understand what are the topics that they're looking at. You can see Seven, which channels. Real quick, this is very important. So, in, and I think you, you said it a couple of times and I think I might've overlapped it, but it's all very account-based. And so all the people yes. that are, are involved in the account are all tracked in one area so that you're able to see the multiple touches that happen within a buying group. Exactly, Chris. So yeah, everything we do is account-based. We're not looking at individuals. We always, yeah. if we can, associate you with an account. So that also means that we can look at when you win accounts, they typically look at these URLs. So if they're present, that's a pretty decent lead score. But it's also yeah, getting your topics right for the demo call, like understanding the path that they took. Did you meet them at a conference? Did they come through the website? Did they search anything particular on Google before they converted? So that's the one use case. The other one is being able to see any moving bit on any account at any point of time. And what we use that for is, uh, you can say, the scenario where we need to decide which accounts to spend our time on and what message to hit them up with. Um, mm -hmm. And our salespeople do that every day. So we, we have a filter where you can select the accounts that you own in your CRM. And then you can see what were the last activity. And the last activity might be that they just were on the website reading XYZ article, but they didn't reach out to you. So the message you would then be writing would be, hey, could be just like, hey, what's up? I just saw you back on our website. Anything I can do for you? Or it could be related to whatever topic they were studying on your website at that point. And the thing is that accounts have movements a lot of places. You know, They might be asking customers to access something on chat and then they might be in your marketing automation and you had a meeting with them last week and somebody on your website just researching organically. And because we unify all the data, then, then if it moves anywhere, you'd see it, see it in, in one place. Yeah, that's 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 impressive. Um, you know, with B2B oh, sales. Yeah, I, I, Go ahead. I promise the, the challenge. Though, yes. Yeah, yeah, the challenge. <laughs> Come on. Salespeople love living inside of their CRM system. Mm. And this is to get. You know, we can put data back into the CRM system, but to get the rich information, you need to uh, go into green data to access it. Got it. Got it. So are are yeah. So that 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 does bring up that that extra piece of you know uh, opportunity for app or or um, you know uh technology um weariness or whatever it is like there, there's so many different tools to go into and this seems to be more of a a high level planning tool um but also a a, a prep tool for for meetings right like it's a um yeah. but but I can definitely see how you know the, the salesforce and hubspot man they, they always find a way to get everybody to pull everything back in somehow so you never know someday <laughs> yeah. you might be having some in-house dashboards over there yeah. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're right, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> that will happen at some point. Awesome. So now, now tell me one other thing. Are are you using AI at all to to leverage learning from these from this tool? This the all this data coming into one place. Yeah. So now I might 
not be the best person to define AI, <laughs> but you can say all the uh, all the work that our algorithms are doing for you all the time. Yeah. I don't know if it's AI, but we're at least uh, helping you do a lot of work. We have though released a, a recent, um, we have created a data-driven attribution model, which is, you know, AI-based. And what it basically does for you is it looks across all your customer journeys, say all the ones that reached a sales opportunity, and then it helps point out this email is consistently present when they reach the sales opportunity mm. or so, some, some high-level insights. Yeah, exactly. Like what are the things that are commonly present when they actually make it all the way to the opportunity mm. stage? And that hopefully helps you understand, okay, these are some of the things that we can go out, go out and do more of. <laughs> or the other way around, if you have certain, if you have a lot of stuff going on that is never present when they actually go to deal one or opportunity, then you might want to stop those things and like redistribute the resources to other things that that do have an impact. Yeah, I would imagine you know we've I think in our CRMs we have we have a lot we we get data on on you know the conversion of emails, open rates, and things like that. But where I think it might be really valuable is is the order of information. Like oh hey you you know you brought them to such and such meeting without having. You know, the five out of 10 went to, to your first meeting without having received this piece of information. And those yeah. deals didn't go to close or didn't advance or something like that. Like finding missing pieces of information that maybe they acquired in the marketing cycle that I didn't provide them in the sales cycle. But it was just mm -hmm. a missing piece that brought in there. Like those types of insights, I think, would be really valuable because, you know, email rates and, and send rates, you know, that'll tell us, oh, yeah, this email converts well, this one doesn't convert well. But yeah. then when you find out all the other steps along the way, and you're like, oh, yeah, this one converts well because XYZ steps were met. This one doesn't convert well, but it was missing one step based on, you know, compared to the other one. And I think those insights are are invaluable. Yeah, exactly. And then kind of a company can only spend its money once. So if I do you wanna be like and to you wanna do the thing that creates the most more new opportunities or more new deals one. Sometimes it's a BDR that is highly effective. But what if you had like certain pieces of content that were always driving new meetings for you and you even have a backlog of articles related to this content you could also be writing. Uh, or whether it's the ads that are working. You just want to make sure that you invest the company's money as effectively as possible. And that means doing the stuff that generates the pipeline, in, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, you know, Stefan, you, you have a history in, in, in the blogging world. Um, uh, you know, a lot of the, the what are the, the B2B funnels I'm noticing online right now are, you know, seem to be very, um, you know, very typical there, where there's uh, articles, blog articles, a nice piece of uh, downloadable content exchange for email, you know, and, and, and HubSpot does an amazing job. It seems like they've got a, a lead magnet for every single blog that they make. It's unreal. Every oh, There's a template for that. Or there's a this for that. And they're all SEO optimized. They're, they're, they do such an exceptional job of staying top page of Google on every single place and offering you something valuable. Um, that type of uh, I mean, there's got to be, I, I must have downloaded a hundred funnels. So to, to, to be able to process when you're a company of that size, to be able to process all that data, 
that's where I imagine you come become really, really valuable is when you're when you really enter into those enterprises, big enterprise deals, when they are everywhere. And there's so many pieces when people have seen 50 pieces or impressions of content or 100 even. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, how do we know what did what sifting through those pieces? I think when you, that's where you all become a really at big asset is what the, when the when the data becomes outside of just my my email list and my social media shares and my blog. Yeah, I, I wish we had their website. That they're, <laughs> they're dominating the yeah, they really the, are the internet. Um, <laughs> I can speak in general. I, I feel that you should think about it as a website as a way to answer any question that anyone might ask related to your company or product. And the the way to, for the salespeople to think about this out there is to. Think about other questions that you are consistently being asked uh, and then make sure that you tell the marketers in your company, look, people are coming to me with this question all the time. Can we make some content that like kind of preempts this question up front? So the next sales conversation I have, I know that they at least had a, uh, an opportunity to read info about this or I can refer to it as they asked the question. Because if you consistently do that, then you you make your way through kind of what are, are the most like commonly asked questions about your business, which is going to make your sales conversations a lot easier because you've known that you've preempted some of the, the questions that might be out there. And it's impossible as a rep to remember like thorough answers to everything. So you want to have your marketers write like a once and for all answer to, let's say, a tough, tough question. And then with software like ours, we can also then help tell you which of those pieces of content are then present when you win deals and which are not. But I would say more in general lines of thought, just make sure you tell marketers the questions you're consistently being asked because then they can help you deal with that question in a, in a, in a smooth way. Absolutely. You know, and it's such a simple concept that I think maybe overlooked so often is, you know, getting that feedback from your sales team, you know, really, you know, and I think more and more now marketing and sales are working really well, well together. Whereas in the past, I believe there was a little bit more of abrasiveness there, but now, you know, I, I'm hearing a lot more marketers really seeking out from their sales teams, meeting with them on a weekly or, or you know, That's monthly good, basis yeah. and, and getting that information so that they can pump their marketing full of the the remaining uh, answers or questions that, that, that end up at the salespeople's hands. And I think that's invaluable. Yeah, like, uh, you know, bring them along to sales calls, uh, have them sitting on in on the weekly pipeline meeting, et cetera. They don't have to do anything. They just need to, like, what is the dialogue we're having here? What are the consistent themes? So they, like, fill their brain with, like, how can we help, help the salespeople with this thing, uh, with marketing tactics? I love that. So you, you, I love the mute too, because you got the two kids in the background. Woo, <laughs> Stephen, uh, so, so a lot of people are selling into, and this is an interesting question for you, a B2B sales. A lot of times we're selling into multiple departments um, in, in, a, in a technology or a tool like yours. I would imagine sales and marketing are both probably a part of this buying process. Um, how does your sales team um, you know, handle that when you're when you're selling cross department. Uh, if I'm a B two B salesperson and I'm out there like selling to a, yeah. a program that's cross department, how how do you manage that sale? Um, so yeah, so we typically we have three to five people involved in our deals uh, when when they're signed, 
it relates a little bit to us being software, so you can actually invite your colleagues to try it out. But but in general, uh, you need to think about how many sales, how many stakeholders are normally present when you win a deal. For us, it's typically marketing. Then there's some sales or rev ups people involved. Maybe there's you know an economic buyer like a CFO or a CRO or whatever that be. Maybe there's even some kind of IT person helping to validate. And I think the biggest uh, or a big mistake you can make as a salesperson is like you know celebrate that that one good meeting with with one person and then try to sneak the deal through those people, because then when the opposition starts to arrive, you haven't actually met those people that are kind of against the decision. So use it as something that you proactively know. You know, shouldn't we bring in the ops person here, or shouldn't we like you know? I think actually Gong put out some cool info about the more uh, people you get on the deals, the more likely it is to close. Mm. So like, you know, try to build like a, a buying committee and just, you know, don't be satisfied with having one good meeting with one person, like keep broadening the team. Absolutely. I love that. And I think it's, you know, it comes very, it comes with being transparent. You said, don't try to sneak it through when you get that one or celebrate that win. Right. Because of, of course, if you win somebody over, there's going to be somebody else within the executive team that's going to abrace it, uh, you know, be abrasive to it, right? And, and we always talk about, I had a great conversation with a buddy of mine who runs, uh, him and his uh, partner run a, um, a podcasting company, and they were having problems with, you know, getting the deal closed and, you know, these these deals closed that they were working and they were like, look, we, we, we went over the person and then we go to close the deal with the next people and everything and we just don't get to the finish line. And, and what, what we had realized is they weren't taking the time to build the rapport that they had built with the podcast guests. Podcast guests would come in, they'd have great rapport having this conversation. Oh, we love each other. Stefan, great. Yeah, Stefan. Like, Stefan's like, yeah, Chris, let's bring you in, man. Come on over. Let's talk to the team. Let's bring him in. And I rolled the team and I just start going right to strategy. And here's what we're going to do. Here's, here's what we're going to do. I already talked to Stefan. We're, we're on it. And they're like, I don't even know who you are. You haven't even, you haven't made me feel certain yet. You haven't made yeah. me feel significant yet. And now I'm automatically a no to whatever you're offering. And I think that is just a huge, huge uh, piece for people to remember who is on your buying team. Hey, when this decision goes down, who's involved in the decision? And yeah. and, and how, why is the decision important for you? Yeah, you know, if you're getting ghosted by that one person, you know, it's nice to have like two or three, four more people you can actually go to, like poke around your their LinkedIn profiles again. <laughs> so yeah. don't pretend that it doesn't exist. There's always a buying committee. So so use it more than like trying to like sneak your, put your head in the ground or whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Stefan, another, another question for you. Now, as you're selling this, this these tools into um, your price on the marketing or the, you know, the, the, the higher level financial buyer, um, what are the what are the problems that you are solving or the, for for the sales team specifically? So I'm a salesperson out there, and I'm out there selling my B2B sales, and I'm like, hey, this sounds interesting. Um, wh- what are the problems that I'm having right now that I'm like, oh, this would fix those? Yeah, so we we typically sell more to marketers than to salespeople, and then sure. we afterward invite the salespeople so in. it's the uh, it's the second value so basically for the salespeople, they're the ones like oh we notice the value because we now get better leads more informed leads and more educated leads to our to our sales table now yes yeah, so you can say there's the rep ae level which is like know which of your accounts are active and what to write them and then also when you're in the meeting situation know what they've been interested in 
And then you can say there's the leadership level where kind of if you want to produce predictable revenue, you need to know how much time does it take from being an MQL to an SQL to a one deal. Mm. Which how big a part of this should marketing source? How big a deal of this should uh, your outbound team source? So if you want to have that kind of predictable revenue, then marketing needs to be accountable for, let's say, 50% of the pipeline. And then you can go in and understand whether marketing are actually meeting these things or not. If they're not, you can count on yourself being stretched thin in the next quarter because they haven't actually produced enough demand for you guys to have a chance to hit your sales budget. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you're if you're sales, I mean, revenue uh, you know, revenue uh, attributes are not are not just a, a dream data, uh, you know, isolation thing. You know, what they do is that they help revenue operations manage these things and get and get better at them. See them from a higher plane, but see through the forest to the trees, right? To see the actual what's happening. But I think this is something that everybody needs to realize out there when you're taking a sales call. No. Know the know the journey. Yeah, may, yeah, you may have to go look around a little bit. Okay, so what? So what? So be it. You know, maybe reach out to your marketing team. Maybe know what marketing is getting sent out. Don't just know your emails that are going out. Know what marketing they saw. And I think this is a huge value for people that are out there selling. Um, come prepared. Know know the journey that they took. No matter what effort it takes to get there, but know the journey that they took to get to the table. This is essentially important. Yeah. Uh, you think like you think about a buying situation where you go to two vendors and the one vendor actually shows that he he cared enough to actually go through that process versus sitting in this call where they're like, oh, what's your webs uh, what's your website and then like you're just like fuck, I don't have time for you not not caring enough about me. So, and I totally agree, Chris. Like, come prepared and. I think what, uh, something that we've learned a little bit after that it has been like, if our reps gets too busy, then the quality of the meetings that they have drop a little bit too much because they don't have that 15 minutes, 30 minutes before or after the call to follow up or to do the research. So I think as a sales manager, you should also make sure that there's buffer times in the calendars. Otherwise, the performance will drop, even though you have enough demand to, to fill their calendars completely. Then it's been probably a better decision to hire more sales reps than than to keep pumping in more meetings. Dude, that that's a that's a brilliant concept. I don't think we've ever discussed on the on. And I know it personally. I know personally to book my calendar, but I'm not I'm not subject to somebody looking at my KPIs and, and expecting just a high number, right? And, and and that's it. And a high number is not necessarily a good number because a high number of meetings that I had meant. I had less time to prepare for each of those meetings. And I think that is huge, Stefan. Also, really- to follow up, like, you know, like go through what did we talk about? What did I promise? How can I make it move to the next step? And if you're too busy, you, you drop the balls on too many things. A hundred percent. And you know, as well as I do, that even even having a day full of like, you know, like I, I've even in the in the past gone, okay, I'm going to. I'm gonna ram through these meetings and I'll, I'll take care of the stuff at the end of the day. Even at the end of the day, you're like, I don't, I don't even remember what we talked about in that meeting. You know, earlier at at, at eight a.m. I don't, I don't remember. I don't, I'm, I'm done. I, I know we this. I know what the topic was, but I don't remember the details of it. So, oh, and then I'll read my chicken scratch notes. I'm like, well, that's not doing me any good. I don't even know what swalagata is. You know, <laughs> but I, I think it's so important for for sales managers out there to to understand that if you're gonna have a KPI for for your sales team, no. Know that you want it in a in a good area. You don't want just a high number. Higher number means lower quality. Higher quantity is going to gonna mean lower quality once you get past a certain threshold. 
Now that's a that's that's a little ace in the hole you draw for us there, Stefan. I appreciate that one. Hey, Stefan, where can people find uh, information on Dream Dad? And is there is there is there a is there a, a, a freemium? What's what's the way to get started with Dream Dad? Just reach out, set up a demo. Yeah, so we uh, we do have a, a free uh, product that people can go, just go in and try out, and it's it's a bit like a Google Analytics just for B two B companies. So it's set up for you to like you start tracking with us, and then once you want to know and connect your CRM system, you can do that later on. Okay. So just DreamData.io, and uh, yeah, if people want to ask me a question, they can just search me out on on LinkedIn. I'll I'll be happy to reply any any kind of question there. Awesome. Yeah, you can definitely find Stefan. H-E-D-E-B-R-A-N-D-T. That's S-T-E-F-F-E-N. You can definitely find him on LinkedIn and dreamdata.io, y'all. Um, listen, the seven leads with value, leads, and money follow. So if you've got some questions, if it sounds curious, if you're insightful, give them a ring, reach out, and ask them some questions. If you're a salesperson out there that wants to know more about revenue attributes, and why there's insanely valuable. I'm sure Stefan would like to drop some, some knowledge on you for that as well. And look, if you're out there taking sales meetings and you don't know the marketing or the journey that your customer got to get there, know that, that your competitor does. And then when you both show up to the table and you go, oh, hey, so tell me a little bit more about your company. This is, uh, what's the name again? And the other one says, oh, hey, I, you guys have had great success. I'm really proud of the work you've done. And I saw that you visited such and such and viewed the other emails. Would you like to talk about this topic that you viewed already? They win, you lose. That's as clear as day. You know what it feels like. Nobody wants to go. And especially when, when it took you this much time to get the meeting. And for me, I'm like, oh, I can't believe I took the meeting. I don't even have time for the meeting, right? And then I show up to the call. And now I'm going to start from scratch and not even remember the email conversation we had. Oh, Stefan, that irks me. It really irks me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, hey, listen, we're going to cut this off. I know you got those kids over there. Man, super dad over here, man, working, playing. He's got the kids. That's <laughs> probably taking care of mama right now, too, I'm sure. You better be taking care of mama. Um, what's it called? Happy wife, happy life, or <laughs> whatever it's called. Yeah, that's 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 a uh, definitely a good known saying for sure. All right, y'all. Well, listen, we always have fun here, and we always bring a lot of value that leads to growth. And Stefan, thank you so much for joining us, sir. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for the invite, Chris. And uh, yeah, have a great day. Awesome. All right, y'all. That's Leads to Growth. We're the National Association of Sales Professionals. Make sure you join now if you're not already. Subscribe to our newsletter. we got a weekly newsletter that's out now. And Stefan's going to have a great video coming up there, which I haven't even told him about yet. But he's going to give you a couple of tips on revenue attributes and how it can make your sales better and how to make you close more deals. You like that, Stefan? Yeah, he does. All right, y'all. We'll see you on the next one. Cheers. <laughs>